Thomas Huang here from Happier with Happier Life, Happy Work podcast today. <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Okay. Thomas Huang here from Happier with Happier Work, Happier Life podcast. Today, we're joined by Belinda Esterhammer, founder of Springboard. We spoke a lot about finding your why, your passion, branding yourself, personal branding, and really advice and tips for those of you who are going into marketing, into the workforce, corporate, and startup. So if you're interested in figuring out why you want to do what you want to do and how to do it well, join us today. Thank you, Belinda, so much for joining us today. My first question is, can you please introduce yourself and your background? Thank you so much for having me today. My name is Belinda Esterhammer. I'm originally from Austria and I'm half Hong Kong, half Austrian. Been in Hong Kong now for almost five years. I run a marketing and consulting agency called Springboard Group. And I'm also running a company called Femme Founded, which is a community for female intra and entrepreneurs. And I also do um, create content uh, around my own brand, Belinda Esterhammer. So my first question, you're doing so many different things. How do you manage your time? I know. And I haven't even managed my community building oh boy. <laughs> aspect yet. So I was the co-founder of Women in Tech Hong Kong and cool. um, head of APEC for SASDOG, which is a software as a service community for founders, executives and investors. And um, yeah, I'm really heavily involved within like building like communities um, mm. around like startups in APEC. How I manage my time, um, I think it's all, we all do that. Basically, we just run from one, like, you know, one fire to yeah. the other. But I try to be, especially at um, with the current situation, really more mindful of my time mm. and really plan. So one thing that really helped me, for example, with planning my time is um, to really create blocks and schedule certain days. For example, I have dedicated meeting days. I've dedicated really like full on working days. And I also try not to waste my time with, um, you know, like unnecessary meetings and anymore especially yeah. nowadays you have a good excuse not to take them face to face um but um generally speaking you know usually you can just do a call do you have any resources or tools that you use to manage your time and plan your day Oh my God, so many. So I love Chrome extensions and I think that you should really, everybody should really utilize them to help them plan. So I will share the names with you afterwards and all the exact extensions. But one of them, for example, is um, a Facebook news feed blocker where oh. it really blocks all these like unnecessary news. So for example, because I have to go on Facebook a lot for work, yep. but then I just end up in a rabbit hole where all of a sudden I find myself on Wikipedia and Googling something from Done the 1600th <laughs> century. And um, you know, like two hours are gone and I'm like I learned a lot about history but this is not serving my business I also have a productivity timer so one of them for example is the Pomodoro marinara timer uh -huh. which and um, it's um, the Pomodoro method is you work 25 minutes on something then you get a five minute breaks yep. a break and then you do that four times and then you get a longer break so this really helps me because I work on a thousand things, as you realize yes. this really helps me to break up things and um, because I love the diversity of working on so many projects, but it also really helps me to not at the end of the day to look back and be like, what have I actually done? But I know like, oh, I've done so many blocks on this project and so many in that. So I also use a lot of timers like that actually count my time, how much I spend on websites. Mm -hmm. I also use, um, for example, tools to actually block fucks or limit um, my um, social media use during the day. 
So for example, on YouTube, unless I really have to do research or something on YouTube, for example, I just block it completely out during the day. So I can't access it on my computer, but after hours I can. I think that's a really important skill to build. For me, it's Instagram. So they actually have a timer that you can set up where it lets you know when you spend an hour or two hours on there and then you try to stop. So it's really cool. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so those kind of timers, they're really helpful. And obviously, while we all um, yeah, are mindful about the time, sometimes we just don't realize how much time we waste. So I really want to dive straight in. You're in femtech. You're a great female entrepreneur, female leader. Do you have any advice or tips for young females who are trying to build their brands, build their companies, and really move forward in corporations? Of course. So um, obviously, there's the side like um, I, if you want to start your own company or if you're already running your own company, but also there's the other side where you work in a corporate. And um, my background, I worked in corporate, so I worked for a government consulting, IT company in Austria, then also for UNICEF in the Philippines and for Ernst & Young here in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I've been from like small boutique company to like big, um, big four company Basically, yeah, I've seen a lot. So tips and tricks. I think one is really know your value. And mm. that doesn't only apply to females, but I think generally really know your value and really know your why. I think that's the most important thing with doesn't matter what you do. Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Yes. And that's a book that everybody should read. And also his, if you don't like books, just re- watch his YouTube talk um, that we can also link down below. But I think really know your why and your mission which really, really gives your whole, like whatever you do, it has purpose. So for example, say um, in 10 years, you want to be a partner in a law firm. So really whatever you do really serves that purpose. Mm. And um, yeah, so just find your why. And I think that was also one of the reasons why I left the corporate world then to start my own business. Um, I always knew that I wanted to start my own company. And even in my master's degree, I studied entrepreneurship. And whenever people ask me, they're like, oh, so what's your company going to be? I always said, I'm waiting for my big idea. Once I have it, I'm going to start it. And I think, yeah, if you've been through it, you know that this big idea never comes. But one day you're just going to decide, like, I'm going to try it out. And I think, for example participating in, um, for example, uh, startup weekends or hackathons generally really also helped me get a better understanding of what it takes to um, start a company. Mm -hmm. So from like business plan, um, because I'm still a really, um, while I'm really creative, I'm still a really strategic person and I like to plan ahead and I have all my to-do list and everything. So I would not just, you know, leave everything behind and just from one day to the other start something that really gives you a good framework to um, really start your company. For individuals deciding between joining a corporation, starting their own company, what advice would you give there in deciding and making that decision? That's a really good question. And um, let's also join like boutique companies or, you know, companies like Happier. I I think it comes down to your why. For example, for me, I really love um, smaller companies, boutique companies, startups, because I just love that you're not just a number and you can contribute on such, you know, a larger sense. You can just like climb the career ladder. You can just, you know, grow with the company. Whereas in a big corporate, um, you're just a number. Mm. But um, with that in mind, though, I don't regret my time at corp um, at corporate, and I think um, it also I get I got a lot out of it, and it also gave me a lot of experience. You know, like how big corporates work. Mm. So for me, I think the, there's no 
like right or wrong, but it's more what's your why. For example, for me, I am, um, you know, benefited also having a big brand on my CV. Yes. Um, but also with the NGO, you know, I also um, saw that UN side of things. So I think um, that at the end of the day, it really depends on your why. But also don't just join a company because of their name. Identify with the culture or at least with the role you're doing. So I worked there on a program called Entrepreneurial Winning Women. So, um, which was an executive female leadership program. So it really served my why mm. and it also really complemented, um, you know, my previous work. So for me, it um, was a perfect fit. So if, whether you're planning to join a startup, a corporate or whatever, really be there for midterm at least, because else it just looks weird on your CV. If you, for example, just spend a six month for your time, because then you might as well just don't put it on your CV. Yeah. Short time. Yeah. You mentioned climbing the corporate ladder. And you're also a big leader in woman empowerment. Do you see a big difference between men and women climbing the corporate ladder? Oh my God, of course. And there's so many studies. There's a big difference, maybe not so big in some companies, but I still see a lot of dinosaurs, like how I like to call them, um, where there's a huge gap between um, female leaders and uh, male leaders. And I think you can also see the shocking statistics on how many males, for example, sit on executive leadership boards. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a big, still a gap. And um, some co- um, some corporates, they now have um, like corporate social responsibility um, quotas, where, for example, they say that we have to have 50 50, but you know it's still a journey yeah. and also um there's always also a lot of discussion around shouldn't you hire for the best fit and not just the gender and for me the next question is also okay if you take gender aside what about diversity like if you look at um a lot of conferences or even panels mm-hmm. um you see often a sea of white old males. Yep. So where's the diversity there? You know, I think it also starts already there, like with like with the gender diversity, not just with the gender, but just also with the race. Mm-hmm. So and then also you have the age. So age. Yeah. Because um how many people, yeah, how old are these people that speak? And if you are young or if you look young which we both do, but we are not. Yep. Yeah, you also face that <laughs> bias. So um, move, coming back to your question about um, females climbing the career ladder, it's still work in progress. Mm-hmm. It's a slow work in progress. And I think one of the um, things that really, really accelerates this is mentoring within a company, mm-hmm. not just top down, but also reverse mentoring. Where, for example, um, you know, uh, young professionals mentor, uh, you know, the more senior people. And I think that's just something that benefits everybody. And I think also for these corporates, another thing that needs to change is really um, office politics or, you know, like um, these like high potential programs. How are these high potential people picked, uh, selected? Is it going to be the loudest person in the room or is it really going to be the most talented person? Mm. Yeah. For those of us that look young, but are maybe dealing with CEOs, CTOs, I face it almost every day. They sometimes don't take you seriously because you look so young. What advice do you have for those kinds of people? I mean, one of my mentors told me wearing a fake pair of glasses helps a little bit. So I've been doing that sometimes at meetings. I have a blue light blocker glasses. But besides that, do you have any advice? So I actually, these are real pairs. So I'm short-sighted but I don't need them right now. Mm-hmm. But I once got asked really, um, so I was wearing my glasses and um, somebody asked me, they're like, are these real glasses or are you just wearing them to look smarter? 
And, I get that too. Yeah. So um, I wear my glasses because I'm short-sighted and I mm. can't see somebody in distance. But I think with the glasses, no. And also, I think it's just being authentic. I'm much more a bubbly person. Or fun. I just accepted the fact that I just look like I'm in my 20s, even mm. though I'm in my 30s. But how I clear the stage is when I go into a room and, for example, I present to like more, you know, I can't say more senior because I'm the founder and CEO of my company. But yeah. um, when I present to a um, more like older person or somebody that I know might um, already be biased by seeing my face, yep. I just clear the stage by... I have more than 10 plus years of experience. Sometimes I even just add that I'm in my 30s and that should just leave all questions aside. And it's really annoying that I have to do it, but I just yeah. learned else they're gonna, it's just gonna run in the brain. They're like, she has 10 plus years experience. How old is she then? Like, when did she start working? Yes. So I just, um, as annoying as it is, and it's still not correct, it should not be like that, mm -hmm. but I just clear the stage and I'm like, listen, I'm in my 30s. Uh, yeah. It's a quick way to establish your credibility and just exactly. Stop all that talk. And I'm like, I have a master's degree. I have ten plus years work experience. Yep. Yeah, let's just start and go into the real stuff, right? Going back to sort of some of the gender differences in the corporation and workplace, we all know that the gender income gap is real. Men are paid more than women. Do you have any suggestions there when young females are trying to negotiate for their salaries and how to approach it? Do your research. Uh, that's something that I love myself. And I think, for example, websites like Glassdoor mm. are great for that. And salaries are a bit of an, I know, like icky subject, especially if you talk about it with your friend, uh, with your friends. And I know, for example, in Hong Kong culture, like people oh, yeah. don't really do it because it's much more competitive. Yeah. But find somebody that it's not competing against you or where you think it's more like safe to ask and who's in your industry and also bounce off salaries. You don't even have to ask people for their salary, but if you know somebody um, who um, works in the kind of profession that you are negotiating your salary for, just ask them and for example, say, oh, is 30,000 um, an acceptable amount or mm -hmm. should it be more? Like just ask for like a mean um, ballpark um, figure because then they don't have to lay down their salary, but then you also don't have to lay down your cards, but you're just asking for advice. And I think also working with recruiters is also really helpful. Okay. So um, I feel that there are a lot of fair recruitment agencies that really have the client in mind. Obviously, if you also think from a corporate perspective, for them, it's also in their benefit to have, uh, yeah, to get a candidate more salary than less. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share on your personal experiences where you've had to sort of fight for a more fair wage? Yeah, definitely. I think it's all, you know, knowing your worth, but also knowing the market standards. And I think that leads back to research. So do enough research. And I've been in situations before when I felt like I'm not getting, getting paid enough, mm. but that's also then a discussion that where you have to do your homework first. You have to know your worth. You have to know why you should be get paid more. And if you then, you know, approach your boss or HR and really lay down also your case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes more sense. But also, I think one tip I really want to give people is don't just quit because you think you're treated unfair, but ask for it first. Yeah. Communication. Yeah, and, communication. Yeah. Because often I think we just, as humans, or generally when we're frustrated, we just, just love to like, you know, move on and be like, okay, no. But whereas if you just tell what's bothering you and see if they're trying to fix it, if they try to fix it, 
you might get a better salary and mm. you have a better standing. Maybe you even get a promotion. But if you don't even try, you know, you just move on without ever yeah. having tried it. So it's really about showing why you deserve that, what value you bring for everybody to really say, hey, look, this is my worth, this is my value because of this, 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 this. But also the market standard. So if you already paid on a market standard, you don't even have to look at your value. You just be like, look at this, this is market rate. Yeah. And then you can even just throw in and question how much are males getting paid here? That's a good question. Yeah, because if you're really in doubt and you're really sure that um, males are getting paid more, throw in that question. Moving on to something you're really good at, building your brand. How did that start and how can people really improve their brand as an applicant and as companies? Oh my God, that's such a good question. And I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, building your own brand, I think it's something that we all are aware that we have a brand, but we all often think that I don't need to build it, especially if you work in a stable job. You think that, why should I build my brand? Maybe also my my job is going to look at it and they think I'm looking for another job. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's also a, a concern that a lot of people have. But um, if you turn it around, and nowadays so many of us have passions, side hustles. And oh, I think yeah. one of the... Um, like easiest to work with, for example, is photography. So say you as your um, side hustle, not even side hustle, you love photography, you love to take pictures. So for example, why not have an online portfolio just showcasing, you know, your photographs yeah. and it could just be for yourself and then, you know, or putting them on like pages like Unsplash where people can download them for free. My friend's husband did that and he got approached by um, a really large company. They said, we want to buy some of your pictures. Oh, really? And he got several, he got a pretty big paycheck wow. for that. And he was not even intending to do that. But um, sometimes you just don't know where, what, you know, uh, kind of roads it can lead to. But turning back to why it's important for you to create your own personal brand, it's basically to show people what you stand for. And I always don't, um, yeah, don't take it into consideration that, oh, my company, they think I will look for another job. No, it's basically showcasing who you are, what you mm -hmm. do. And also it's going to help you also in the future, really. Um, one day when you look for a job or when you look for a higher salary, or even if you're looking for speaking engagements or, you know, just a higher brand awareness, everybody of us has a story to tell. So why not, you know, put it out there? I think it's a really good idea, especially now with people having more downtime, some people taking salary cuts. This is another way to supplement that is really go out there, do your photography, and you never know who's going to see exactly. it. Exactly. Another friend of mine, she's really passionate about wine, works for an insurance company. She's only missing one certificate, then she's the highest of what you can be in the wine industry. Yeah. And she just does it as um, passion for passion. But for example, she's starting a blog now about basically like whining for dummies. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm basically her um, guinea pig because, for example, for me, I pick wine by the labels. I'm a marketer. Yeah. I'm like, if the label is pretty, the wine is going to be good. But for example, I told her, I'm like, why not just break it down for people like me, how to pick a wine? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of apps and everything, but yeah. uh, or even like, you know, how to pretend you know wine, even if you don't. You don't yeah, 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 exactly. So that's something that she's working on right now, just as a side um, project. But for example, um, for her, one thing that I can see in the future, it could lead, for example, for her doing wine tours in Hong Kong, or you That'd don't know cool. where it takes you. Um, another thing, for example, in terms of Side hustles. Another friend is really, um, friend's friend is really passionate about tea. 
So they started um, looking in China where to get organic tea from. Mm -hmm. And then they started up packaging, manufacturing, and then they basically store all the tea in their tiny Hong Kong apartment. But they ship it out from Hong Kong. You know, that's just a side business. And um, in the day job, they work a corporate job. Yeah, so there's a lot of different things. I think nowadays it's really cool and easy to start your own business. And also, apart from your own personal brand, if you're really passionate about something, for example, with the tea shop, she doesn't even have to brand it under her name. So, for example, if you're not allowed in terms of your company to you know, sell something, just don't put your name on exactly. it. Um, but obviously, register the business. But there's so many things you can do nowadays, and it doesn't limit you um, by your day job. I mean, even for me, I used to have a travel vlog where I would video just for myself and my friends while I travel because many people in the U.S. don't really get out that much. And I was approached by some airlines to do some videos of Hong Kong that would be played on the airplanes. I was asked to be flown out to Maldives this month, but that didn't happen because of everything going on. But it's just... That's impressive. Yeah, I never imagined that would happen. And for example, for me, one thing that happened with my own personal website, for example, which I really only have to make it easier for people to understand what I do, mm-hmm. which is, um, and it's really just a personal website. But for example, I got approached by Vogue last month and they're oh, like, wow. oh, we want to feature you in our Hong Kong issue about women in tech. Obviously, I'm like, okay, cool. But they got cool. in touch with me through my personal website. Yeah. And um, yeah, by Googling my name. So for people who have no experience, no idea about personal branding, what are the first steps? I think the first step are basically Googling yourself, knowing your status quo and really being aware of anything maybe embarrassing that's out there Mm -hmm. from your teen days. So really be aware of your status quo and then really look into your why. It really needs to serve a purpose. Don't just do it for doing sake. And also one more thing is that you don't need to be across all social media channels while it's good to reserve your name basically on all of them. But you don't you need to find your why and then you really need to focus on like several ones, but don't do it all. For example, Twitter in Hong Kong or Asia. If, for example, you know, Singapore, Hong Kong, countries like that are your main audience, nobody uses Twitter here. But if US is, you know, if you're in the US, yeah, Twitter is huge. But really look into what you're doing and where your audience is and really start with simple steps like really making sure you're updated your LinkedIn. Mm. You know, if you do Instagram, um, yeah, make it you know is it around traveling is it about yourself do you have a story to tell do you have what's your voice so it all leads back to your why even for people who are building this portfolio or are looking to join a corporation individual branding personal branding really helps as well when they're applying for new jobs during the interview yeah Definitely. In the past, I had the same experience. For example, one time I considered applying for a job at Expedia Mm. and I created my whole um, CV to look like an Expedia profile. That's very cool. In InDesign. And then after spending a whole day on it, I decided not to apply for the job. No, why? (laughs) Because then I was like, after I created this CV, uh, CV, I'm like, oh, I don't think this job is 100% fit for myself. <laughs> but um, I love design. I'm a marketer. So for me, you know, it was just something that I just easily do. And also I, for example, once created my CV to look like a LinkedIn profile that I, yeah. Mm. But I think the easiest tip for you, if you're not really design savvy, for example, is to use Canva. Canva. There are a lot of templates on Canva that um, even CV templates nowadays. Mm. And also look at the brand Look at the brand that you're applying to. For example, say you're applying for a job at Facebook. 
use that blue that Facebook uses in I your CV. That. Yeah. So, you know, that's the easiest way to just create some kind of bridge mm -hmm. while still not being cheesy. I think Canva right now is actually doing a promotion because of COVID-19. So they might have free trials for the premium editions. Oh, so Canva already has a promotion where you can use premium for one month for free. But to be honest, the free version is good enough. Yeah. yeah. And also, if it doesn't, just do the free month and then see where it takes you. I mean, there's, you know, there's always so many freemium tools that you can use. So I always say that personal branding can be totally done on a shoestring nowadays. Mm -hmm. You said you're a marketing person. What are some career advice for people who want to get into roles in marketing? For me, and also something that I learned when working with uh, young professionals um, is to really ask, what do you define as marketing? What's marketing for you and what are you passionate about? So, for example, some people say, oh, it's the design part. It's the part being creative. Mm -hmm. Because not a lot of people realize that marketing is, uh, actually deals with a lot of numbers. For numbers. example, the analytics part, SEO. So, if you say you're super passionate about social media, be prepared to go into the whole world <laughs> of like analytics, where you really look into numbers, engagement, and all of that. But for example, if you're a much more creative person, then um, yeah, design, for example. So with marketing, my first question is always, what do you define as marketing? Mm -hmm. Because even you know things like um, business development sometimes fall under the marketing umbrella. And if you really want to get into marketing, but you don't have a marketing background, for example, I studied marketing also mm -hmm. in um, my bachelor's degree, and I've always worked in marketing. Although in my first um, year at uni, I studied business law because... Mm -hmm. I somehow always, I love discussing things with people. So my teachers, they always said, oh, you would be such a good lawyer. Mm -hmm. And it somehow got into my head. I'm like, I'm going to be a badass lawyer. <laughs> and I'm going to be, you know, in law and being like overruled. And yeah, I studied it. I was there for like two months at uni and I was studying in Austria. So everybody in Austria can study as long as they do the A-levels. It doesn't matter what grades you have and it's for free. So I also awesome. bear that in mind. So yeah, I went to um, study business law after two months and I actually realized that it's actually studying a lot of books Yep. and it's not so much being creative or, you know, solving cool cases. <laughs> <laughs> also business law. Yeah. Cool cases. Yeah. yeah. But after being there for two months and really sawing the workload and how depressed I felt, I actually took a step back and I said, I don't know what I want to do in life. So I was said to myself, I'm going to do a gap year. So I was, um, I looked online on different uh, job platforms and I found a job in Barcelona for an internship in marketing and um, account management. I applied for the job and yeah, two weeks later I was in Barcelona. Oh, wow. That's and fast. I was there for almost a year and working in marketing in that year. I found my passion there, but I know I was lucky, you know, that I found it yeah. Yeah, immediately, basically after I left high school. And when I went back to Austria then, um, that uh, year to then study, I studied then um, management and economics. So then, yeah, I knew that I'm going to work in business. I still didn't know if marketing was 100% mine, but I knew mm -hmm. I could major in marketing, which I did. But I still have a really stable business background. So again, if you don't have a marketing background, it's okay. It's okay. And also if you haven't studied it, it's okay. But just, it's so easy nowadays to really get marketing skills. 
Look on Udemy, look on edX, do free courses, but really look into quality. So don't just do any course on Udemy um, or edX. Don't just spend your money on random courses and collect yeah. them. Don't be a serial course taker, um, but really look into, for example, if you want to get into digital marketing, do a Google AdWords certificate. Um, HotSuite, there's so many free ones from credible companies. That's also to add. Microsoft has a large suite of um, free courses too. So really look into big names and the quality of the courses, and then you can really add on. And I think also one thing, if you want to get in marketing, if you want to work in marketing, have your own portfolio. And it doesn't matter that you don't, for example, social media, if you want to get into social media, have really make sure that you know Instagram, you know TikTok, you know, you know yeah. all the social media channels there are and test them out yourself. Play around with it. And if you, for example, want to work in um, growth management or be a growth hacker, do it with your own brand. And then you can, when you apply somewhere, you can also show them, oh, I went to zero to, for example, 2,000 followers within a month by doing this. But please don't buy followers. Don't do that. People can tell. Definitely. It's so <laughs> easy to tell. I can tell you in a minute. Yeah. Especially with the engagement, which is really the value is those people following you. Are they engaging? Are they really listening to what you're sharing? Exactly. So please don't buy followers. You mentioned that when you were studying business law, you realized you didn't enjoy it and you faced some depression. I mean, right now, I think many students, especially fresh grads in Hong Kong, throughout the world, they're facing a bit of anxiety and depression and uncertainty. So what words of wisdom or advice do you have for them? The best advice I got, especially nowadays where everybody thinks they have to study IT or you know, AI, big data, cool things like that. I think the best advice I got and I realized is at the end of the day, you have to be passionate about what you do. Because, for example, with coding, and you don't even need coding skills, probably basic coding skills. I'm talking, you know, HTML, CSS, like kind of like front-end coding. Basically, that means like how to build, you know, the front of a website, how it looks like. You don't need that anymore nowadays. You have Squarespace, you have Wix. You can easily do that. And I think it's the same applies to people and um, AI and um, robots. They will take on this in five years. So what the, what's then left? Nobody knows what the future is going to be in five years. But what's left is really what you're passionate about. So if you're really passionate about numbers, it's not going to be an issue because you can pivot and you can think of new things. You can, um, you know, design code, create new things with numbers. But if you're not passionate about it, you're stuck and you're probably jobless. So... Um, going back to my business law, I realized that I'm not passionate about it. And I early on, I realized that, and I, was, I know I was lucky, but if you, for example, are in a degree that you don't enjoy, but you have to finish it because I know often, yeah, most of the time you're somewhere where you really have to pay for it, yep. especially in the States where yep. it's um, <laughs> super expensive uh, and you feel stuck. I mean, see if you can change, see if you can do internships, but else suck it up and finish your degree if you're already halfway in and um, look for summer internships, but also build your own brand. I think the thing about depression or, I mean, in that sense, how depressed I was, was that I really felt stuck with that degree. And I sat down and I knew for myself that I would be miserable at the end of those, um, at the end of my degree. I, I knew I would not last. So... Yeah, big tip is, I think, just think of your passions. And if you don't know what you're passionate about, 
I think the easiest way is just to think, what do you do in your free time? Do you read a lot of books? Do you play a lot of computer games? What kind of computer games? Uh, you know, it's really think about, think like bigger picture, things mm -hmm. that excite you. For example, sometimes uh, if you love to talk and you like to, you know, you're easy selling people into things. Are you the one who always convinces your friends to like go out do at stuff, a night or to yeah. do stuff? Then you might be a perfect fit, uh, fit in like sales or BD roles. But I think at the end of the day, also know really what, like what kind of work environment you want to work with. For example, my brother, he's an introvert. So he's the complete opposite oh, wow. of me. Yeah. And he's also younger. So probably why. <laughs> um, but for example, for him, it would be a nightmare talking all day, every day. He's a um, business engineer. Perfect fit for him. Very perfect. Uh, he can be quiet, but he also still gets a little bit of social activity with his workmates. But for example, not at a high stress level, for example, or really, um, yeah, high emotional level like we do. Yeah, I have a similar situation. My little brothers are in university, complete introverts. So they're studying engineering, computer science. And I think internships, like you said, are a great way to explore. It's okay to join an internship. And realize you don't like doing that. You don't like business law. For me, it was studying medicine in the beginning, like every other Asian American kid. <laughs> but I interned in the hospital and biotech companies. I realized I liked more of the speaking side, the socialization and developing. So then I pivoted to business, economics, international relations. But it's, it's okay to know that you don't want to do something and it's pivot. It's okay to change. I think that's the most important thing. There's no... There's no way to future-proof your future or your career, else we would have all done it. And we're all just winging it, basically. <laughs> fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, fake. don't fake it too much. Yeah. yeah. It's good to have confidence. That's what I always say. But don't just invent something that you can't do. But really, really find what you're passionate about. And if you don't know it, um, think of professions that you might be interested in. And even if you don't have the time to do an internship, shadow people. Yes. Look at people who already work in these companies, maybe through your own network, maybe through family, friends, or even on LinkedIn. Um, look for people who are not in senior management, who are in middle management. So, for example, they are a marketing manager or, you know, a business development manager. And ask, write them on LinkedIn and really ask them, uh, introduce yourself, tell them what you do. Be honest, tell them that you feel stuck, but you're really intrigued on what they do and if you can shadow them for a day. So I know it's really appealing to immediately email um, somebody from Facebook or all these big companies. Don't do that because these people always have to uh, go through HR. They have, oh, yeah. you know, you have to sign up if you even visit somebody for coffee in these offices. Look for mid-sized offices or even smaller boutique companies or even startups. Um, the world's your oyster, but really be realistic and don't go for the CEO of Facebook. But, you know, <laughs> go, for example, for the marketing manager at Happier. Yeah, can, can. Yeah. If any of you want to shadow me or our teammates, let us know. And also what work shadowing means is um, that uh, you really shadow them for a day, several hours. You really learn more. You basically do shadows. So you follow them around and they might give you tasks, but often it's not really task involved. So. For example, don't ask for work shadowing somebody and then ask for a salary because <laughs> I think also to, you know, clear expectations. Yeah. It's not something paid, but it's more to help you find your passion and also be really 
grateful and appreciative if somebody offers you um, to shadow them because it's actually a chunk of the time that they're taking out of that day to really show you around. Time is very valuable. Exactly. There was another article I read recently saying, you know, the top 10 jobs today didn't exist a decade ago. Exactly. So you're preparing really for jobs that don't even exist yet. So how can you really know? That's why I say with AI and everything, don't think too complicated. Don't think you have to have IT skills. Obviously, you should know how to use a computer, but you don't need to know how to code if you're really not passionate about it. You don't know what job's going to be there in 10 years. So that's why at the end of the day, what's there is your passion. And whether you're passionate about wine or passionate about photography or video skills, there's always a way to find something in the next 10 years, yeah, in 10 or 20 years, because that's also going to evolve. I feel like we can go on for hours because you're such a fountain of knowledge and we really appreciate you sharing these advice. Do you have any last remarks or advice to share with our listeners and viewers? Yeah, don't stress yourself too much. We've all been there. We're all winging it. There's no sol one solution eh, for, um, you know, problems. There's always a lot of different um, options that you can take. So if you're feeling really depressed and you really don't know what to do right now, really think, um, take a step um, back and really, for example, look at your why and what actually motivates you and gets you out of bed. And that could be something totally unrelated to what you study. And if you ever want to talk to me, find me on LinkedIn. There's also my personal um, website, but yeah, get in touch. And if you have any questions, I'm sure, yeah, you're also going to be more than happy to help and work shadow. <laughs> For sure. What is the website and how can people connect with you? Oh, it's basically my name, BelindaEsterhammer.com. Everything I do is on there. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Please don't add me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.